Ramble. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of You Can Sit With Us. I'm one of your hosts, Becky. I'm joined by Maggie. Hello. Matthew. Hello. We got Rainy on the ones and twos. And today, we actually have a very special guest. I've known her since (laughs) high school, since our beautiful years in high school. Um, But (laughs) she is actually incredibly fucking cool and made a movie. She wrote and stars in a movie that... By the time you're listening to this, you'll be able to watch it. But for us, it's a little bit early. It'll be coming out this weekend. She wrote a movie called The Year Between, mm-hmm. starring herself, mm. Steve Buscemi, Jay Smith Cameron. Um, Alex, you wrote a movie. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> um, man, remember high school? <laughs> <laughs> Part of the movie is shot there. Yeah. Oh, was Becky. Really? Shoot it at Stack. I sure Like at did. the high school. <laughs> no way. At the high school, on the soccer field. Um, It's the same dean. Wow. I don't know if I should name her. I probably (laughs) won't, but she she was like supervising the shoot and- Wow. I was like, remember when you gave me detentions? Haha. And she was like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And that was weird. Um, But but yeah, I mean, going back there was- Traumatic. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, wow, very triggering. Yeah, it was crazy, but also, also fun. And it was like a fun homecoming to shoot in our hometown. But the movie is uh, the year between is a comedy about. It's based on my experiences with bipolar disorder. Mm-hmm. So sometimes when I talk about the movie, it feels like there's this expectation that I'm this aficionado on mental illness, mm. yeah. which I'm not. And I, I'm definitely not a mental health professional. And also I'm just coming from the direction of being like, I'm one person with a collection of experiences and that has right. informed a, piece of work yeah yeah Yeah. but sometimes it does feel like there is this pressure to like I think especially when you're dealing with like sensitive topics Mm -hmm. there's this pressure to get it right and represent Mm -hmm. everybody but that's kind of tricky yeah yeah but the movie is my freshman year of college I had this big mental breakdown and then I was diagnosed and I spent a long time trying to figure out treatment and this movie is kind of inspired by that time, mm. what I explored and how it really impacted my family and the mm. people around me. Mm-hmm. It's also largely inspired by another mutual friend of ours who went through a similar experience at the same time. And just like over the years, cause I've been trying to make this movie for six years before I made it. And yeah, take us back. Take us back. Cause Dark. your freshman year of college would have been over 10 years ago. Oh my God. Um, Thanks for dating her, old. Becky. Wow. <laughs> Thanks for dating her. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, and you had these experiences, but then when did the idea for them to write yeah. this down? First of all, I'm 21. Time? So let's be clear. <laughs> so <laughs> sorry, my bad, my bad. <laughs> it's so funny that I play a 20 slash 21 year old in the movie and literally look 40, but it is what it is. Um, I, uh, <laughs> um, I, yeah, movie magic. Uh, I, when it, so freshman year of college, I leave when I'm 19 mm-hmm. and I definitely don't intend on ever talking about the experience to anybody. Mm-hmm. I was very private about it. When I, I went back to school and I would like take the bus into the city because I, I went to school in Evanston um, at, at Northwestern mm-hmm. um, and I would take the bus in, into the into Chicago twice a week to see a psychiatrist and mm-hmm. I didn't tell anyone I knew and I was very embarrassed by it and I was weirdly cringed out by it. I felt like I felt like if I talked about having a mental illness, people would think I was doing it for attention or something. Mm. Like that's not a real thing. I had to, I had a bad experience with some teachers when I went back to school who didn't get it because I was in the process of trying all these different medications and they had really intense side effects, oh, yeah. which is something I explore in the movie. But I would be 
passing out in class and Gosh. I've been I'd been like, you know, and I would get called out on it in front of my classmates. And it, it was just uh <clears throat> I digress, but it was a tough time. And and by the time I was a senior, because I've studied film in college, mm-hmm. I took a class where we had to write a screenplay and I decided to write about this experience. And I was also really inspired by, um, by Kat's experience Mm -hmm. and my, our friend. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of something that I thought a teacher will read this and give me a grade on it. And then no one will ever read it again. But when I graduated, I kept thinking about it and how I really felt like there was something there and this was a story that I really wanted to tell. Mm-hmm. And I started making more and more short films that I also wrote, you know, and directed and I acted in some of those. And then I kind of realized how fucking hard it is to make an indie film to make anything, you know, but, but that if I wanted to try to get someone to, some entity to give me money to make this project, I was going to have to own having the mental illness. Mm. I was going to have to like, basically be like, hi, this is my story. This is what it's inspired by. It comes from a real place. I couldn't really just hide and I, I couldn't, the way I saw it, I couldn't do both. So I made a conscious decision to be like, this is my thing. This is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to figure out a way to tell this story, even if it takes me forever. And Something that was kind of integral to the process was in 2017, I made this Instagram account called The Mentally Trillist and not plugging it, but I'm Um, just... Absolutely (laughs) plugging it. No. memes are very funny. (laughs) They're fine. They're fine. They're funny memes. (laughs) They're they're fine. (laughs) But the cool thing about it was that over the years, I really met a lot of other mentally ill people on the internet, Mm. and I would DM with these people every day, you know, simultaneously... Ever I graduated, I was living in my mom's house in the suburbs in the basement and I didn't have a car and I didn't have uh, people around me other than my family. And so really my community was Instagram and the people I met online. And so I'm messaging these people every day. I'm learning more about their experiences and what parts of bipolar disorder and other mental illnesses they really feel passionate about and share. And something I learned through that was that a lot of people like me are in a position where they have decided to take medication because it's been, it works for, for me, for us, and has been life-saving, but also comes with a slew of side effects that can be mm. really hard to live with. And mm-hmm. I've now been medicated for over 10 years. I have a lot of side effects uh, that I, again, choose to live with, but talking to all these people more and more that, that, that like struggle and sort of eternal burden was something that I felt a lot less alone talking to all these people about. And also it was something that I'm like, I really want to focus on this with the movie. So these conversations definitely informed the project and then stuff picked up in terms of getting the movie made. Um, I did a Tribeca program in 20. 18 called untold stories. It was like a pitch and we didn't win it, but we met some people who helped us get to the next thing. I did a Sundance lab. And then through that, I met Susanna Fogel, who was my assigned mentor. And she is an amazing filmmaker and director who then became an EP on my project and helped me build a producing team. And then from then on, we shot the thing in the fall of 2021. And then we premiered at Tribeca the following uh, June. Mm. How do you feel about um, such small actors, like, you know, no name Steve Buscemi (laughs) playing your dad? Like, (laughs) had to Google him, no clue who he is. Um, What was that like? (laughs) What did your dad think? My (laughs) What an honor. It's funny because people who see the movie are really feeling like that is your dad. Like, people who know my dad and and watch the movie see a strong resemblance Mm. in their vibe and... I don't know. You guys don't know my dad, but maybe one day you will and you'll <laughs> have something to say about it. Um, but uh, it was really crazy because I'm just like a random person from the Midwest 
and no shade on the Midwest. It's oh, we just, shade it all the it's time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> cool. I literally grew up fast food country. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's something. I think we lived in the same exact house, actually, which is the same house that we shot the movie in. You shot the movie what? at your house? Not the same ex- house, but that model of house. Oh, like oh my the same- God. Like layout. Yeah, because like so many of the houses in our area, there's like four types of houses. Yeah. Really? Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. And it's kind of depressing, but. uh, (laughs) Makes it feel real. Yeah. Now the authenticity. I do think that the movie feels very Midwest, which I'm excited about. Um, But yeah, so I really just had like this script that I was really passionate about, a body of work that I was passionate about. And then I started working with an amazing casting director who, you know, we were able to pitch the script to J. Smith Cameron because first, first I was the first attachment. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that was another thing. Did you know that you were going to act in no. it? No. But the idea was pitched to me by the producing team and the casting director because they were like, you know, this is your story. And we kind of think it will help the movie get made if you so choose to act in it. And I didn't make the choice to do that because I was pursuing a lead role in something. It was only, it was because I was like, I think this will help the movie. I think this is right for the movie. I think the humor that's written into the script is largely based on me and how I speak and how I operate. And that at at any step of the process of making the movie, I've been very like, uh, does it, does it serve the film or not? And so that was, where that came from and I was very scared to shave my head shaved I shaved my head twice a week for um you know six weeks during the shoot I'm bald anytime I have hair in the movie it's a wig uh (laughs) except the one scene where I shaved my head which is the first scene we shot Uh. yeah but uh anyway sorry so then Jay Jay came on and she was amazing and she'd worked with Steve before on a movie called Nancy that came out like about six years ago or something uh, starring Andrea Riseborough and it's awesome. And Jay and Steve are married in that movie and they play her parents. And so she was like, I wanted her to be involved in the casting of the character who would be her husband and my dad. Mm-hmm. And she suggested Steve and she sent, she was able to send him the script and we got it in front of him and he was super busy, but made time for our shoot and came out to Illinois and Oak Brook (laughs) stayed in hamburger university University, for anyone who doesn't know McDonald's headquarters campus is in Illinois. Yeah. They call it hamburger university. It's really dark. There's also like weddings there. I don't know. Yeah. There there were several weddings there while we were there. There's, McDonald's statues are giant fucking mall. Yes. <laughs> like the biggest it's, outdoor yeah. mall. It's extremely cursed. Um, it's always a, such a long chain of a story when people are like, how did you get this movie made? Because it's a series of a million things that happened over the span of like seven exactly. years. Yeah. Well, I think that just talks the power of your story and your script that you're able to reach that many people. Right. I think that's the kernel that you're trying to get to. with this. Yeah. Story. Thank you. I uh, I think so. I think that people are, from what I've experienced through a few film festivals and just in general, uh, it seems like people are excited to hear mental illness addressed in this kind of tone um, because it's it's a comedy and but it's not like a, uh, it's not jokey. It's the humor is really just based in truthful situations and honesty. Mm-hmm. And, and I think people can relate to that. And I also think, um, you know, the, the main character is, is based on a version of my past self, which was not manic pixie dream girl. It's like manic hellish demon from the depths of I don't know the depths of Illinois from like Hamburger University um, so yeah and uh, and some have said you know what an unlikable character and to that I say like ag- agreed you know and those people are out there they are among us uh and if you give the movie a chance, I think you'll see that a person who is quote unquote, maybe surface level unlikable learns something and like has the chance to grow. 
which is something I hope that we all give people the chance to do. Yeah. You know? 100%. What yeah. goes into, now that we're going into the week the movie's going to be released, Yeah, what is your schedule like? Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you do as the star, the writer? Are you stressed out? I feel like I'd be so stressed out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm really stressed out because I feel that... There's just so much content being made all the time in mm-hmm. 2023. I mean, forever. But there's a million TV channels. There's a million indie movies. Mm-hmm. There's so much good stuff. So it's always a question of how do you make sure people see your thing and, and get it out there? And that feels... And that's why, you know, something like this is so awesome because it's just like being able to reach people and draw attention to the thing you made is crucial and hard to do and that's uh something that is definitely weighing on me this week is Mm. how am i going to make sure that this movie is like launched with uh with a bang and some people see it and um but that said i still feel less stressed out than i did before you know finishing the movie because because the end of (laughs) post-production was a time where i was just like Oh, is this movie going to be good? Mm-hmm. And I good is not like objective, so mm-hmm. I can't say like good or bad, but what I can say is I'm really happy with it and it is what I wanted it to be. Yeah. So yeah. I know that and and from whatever happens from that is a little out of my control and I and I just think, you know, let's see let's see what happens. Um, That's a very healthy way to look at it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean yeah. Because it goes through so many, like, how involved were you in editing? Because it has to go through so many different hands while you're, I'm sure, like, you wrote something, and then as you're there, cinematography. Rewrites. Yeah. Yeah. All that yes, stuff, yeah. Yes, definitely. It's, like, writing it and rewriting. I probably wrote, like, you know, 12 major drafts over the years, and yeah. then, you know, directing it, and you write. And there's things, like, I think this happens in every movie set, but, like, Things come up, you know. I there were more scenes uh, written to be in a, in a hospital, but we couldn't get the location for that many days. So suddenly it's like, hey, you need to cut like these scenes or rewrite them elsewhere. Stuff like that happened left and right up until and, and during the shoot. So that's a thing. And but because I'm directing it, even though doing those things at the same time is really a lot. Uh, I have my hand in everything, so I kind of understand like if I make certain changes to the script, how it's going to affect what I do on set and how it's going to affect the main character, which is me. And meanwhile, it's taking me 40 minutes every morning and between scenes to get a different wig like glued to my head. <laughs> it was wildly inefficient, but we, but the team was amazing and did a great job. And um. From there, oh, the other thing is that uh, my cinematographer, um, director of photography, Jason Chu, who's a good friend of mine who is based in Chicago, lives there. He had shot a bunch of my shorts, which I, again, also directed and acted in. And we, through doing that, really established this kind of great creative flow and, Mm -hmm. and working dynamic that really helped jumping onto the feature set just being on the same page so intuitively most of the time that was crucial. And so that really helped in in terms of of shooting it. And then as far as editing, another really good friend of mine, Harrison Atkins, who is an amazing editor and director. I don't know if you guys saw Emily, the criminal It came out this year. He edited that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he edited the movie and we sat together the entire time. Uh, It was very, collaborative and he was so sensitive to every bit of like at every turn there's always the question of is this being done respectfully is it funny is it tight and is it like also serious enough to be as serious Mm -hmm. as this subject is Mm -hmm. he's so like emotionally in tune with it and got it and since we're such good friends that really helps because it's we have this like great working relationship and rapport. I just think working with your friends, is, I mean, I'm sure you guys are all friends. I hope, uh, <laughs> but like, you yeah. know, it depends on the day. Yeah. <laughs> Ask me tomorrow. It's like working with your friends is fucking awesome because you just get each other. It's like and, a different level of respect. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And like, I don't know if you guys would speak to this, but it's like 
when you, if, when you disagree on something, you just can voice it and like hash it out. And it's not, um, this delicate, oh, there's, uh, there has to be this veil of some type of awkwardness or professionalism. Cause you, you can just be real with each other. Yeah. And so, yeah, Harrison was amazing. And, and I was just very involved. Our, our composer who came on, oh my God, our composer came on like, I don't know, two weeks before we had to lock the movie or something. Uh, we had a delay with, with getting to scoring it. And she came on and scored the whole thing in like a week and a half. And I was camped out in the corner of her like studio as she's playing the piano. And uh, I'll say I was very extremely involved in every single leg of everything. But, uh, oh yeah, I got to shout out our colorist, um, Kath Raish, who's at Company 3 in New York. And our sound designer, Kyle Anderson, who um, is in like the backwoods of upstate New York. If I don't know if you guys saw the whale, he does all of Darren Aronofsky's mm. movies. He's really awesome. Ooh, cool. Yeah. Um, so anyway, the credit is like to them, but I'll just say I was for sure involved and it was cool to be so involved. And I feel really lucky because, oh, uh, it's, it's not always a given that a director will get final cut on a movie mm-hmm. and definitely not a first time feature director, uh, for an indie movie. I mean, it's very common for producers to come in and be like, no, we do you know, you will make these changes because ultimately I answer like to them. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They, they own the movie and mm-hmm. I work for them at the end of the day. So they were so cool. I mean, level forward, full spectrum, uh, you know, these, these people who are, who are, yeah, running shit are just, uh, put a lot of faith in me. And that was just really lucky for that. Um, yeah, we had just, we had seven producers. I was one of them. So many people work on a movie. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people don't realize exactly the scenes, how many exactly. It's like, there's a hundred people in the credits. Truly everyone is necessary. And if, if, we have someone who's not doing the job they were doing. There is no movie. What was the reaction from like your family and like your husband, Casper? Like what did they all think of it when it came out? Cause obviously your family was a lived experience with you through this time in your life. Yeah. Yeah. And Casper, like yeah. you guys have been together for yeah a hundred trillion years. Oh, a hundred trillion years. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like my family had never read the script. They had only, knew that I was living in their basement trying to make a movie for many years. And that was cool (laughs) that they just allowed me to do that Mm -hmm. for sure. And that's a huge privilege that I probably don't talk about enough that just the fact that I was able to live somewhere rent free for like five years while I worked on a screenplay Mm -hmm. is really a huge gift. I mean, it was, it was hard and I complained about it constantly, but (laughs) but it is like a a massive privilege and so they were super supportive all the while, not even really knowing what I was doing. And then when the movie, you know, I didn't want them to read the script. Cause even at that point I was like, they're, it's so personal and they are represented in such a way that I need them to see it brought to life with good actors mm. because I fear that if they just read it, they're not going to be able to picture it in this like sort of, visceral emotional respectful way that i have in mind Mm -hmm. if that makes sense yeah where your sister's like what the fuck why are we a brother now (laughs) they're like why are we collectively a Um, brother (laughs) sister erasure yes actually kind of i think but, but the truth is and this is like something that again it's like everything with bipolar disorder in the movie comes directly from my life that said, a lot of it is fiction, you know, mm-hmm. and and draws from different people and draws from, you know, Kat's brother, Phil and things like that. But certainly the feelings I had about people in my life and the movie itself are represented in different ways. So so while my, you know, three sisters aren't in it exactly as the way they are in real life problems I had with my sisters growing up are depicted through these fictional characters mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I mean, I don't want to, you know, there's a, no there's a love interest <laughs> and we know people commonly that that's based on, um, I'm yeah. so excited to we'll see this now. Later. Yeah. <laughs> like, so it's like, it's not an exact rip, but everything comes from someone who I deemed as, 
integral to my journey with figuring out mental illness. Not that I've figured it out, but just that, that whole process and people, a lot of people in my hometown and like what they meant in that context. Yeah. yeah. Is it going to get released at like the AMC, like <laughs> Corey or like Orland? Yeah. It like It's going to be the Oscars. Other than that. No, for sure. But is it going to have like it's Midwestern glory? Of, so like, that's a, a great premiere. question. The I pomp think and circumstance. The, palest the Midwest pomp and circumstance. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I think that the truth is like TBD. Yeah, you know, I think, I think it starts in five cities, mm-hmm. and part of that is something I've learned is because, you know, by, by having a theatrical release that ties into being how available you are on demand because it puts mm-hmm. you in more categories. You're mm-hmm. in like in the in theaters now category, which mm-hmm. you need to be in you know in theaters to do that. So we start in five theaters. Luckily, New York and L.A. are two of them and that's great that's huge Chicago and because our timeline has been so shortened like even from from even making the movie but to you know we we just as a point of context we delivered our movie to Tribeca like three days before our premiere I mean that because that's when it was finished and so Mm. every step of the way our timeline has been like shrunk and it's been the same with our distribution. So you got to book movie theaters pretty far in advance because Mm. they book up. So that is kind of the life I think of the, of the theatrical version. There's going to be a run in Chicago, but it's like end of March at facets. I think it's like if your movie really picks up steam and becomes, you know, Napoleon dynamite or something, then (laughs) then maybe it goes into the bigger theaters, but I'm not actually sure. Yeah. I don't really know. I think so much is online now is like just on demand. I watch 90% of movies online now. Same. Um, And I, and one thing I'm like kind of weirdly happy about with this is, you know, I feel like a lot of people are like, this is a movie you have to see in theaters. You have to see it on a big screen. I don't actually think that about this movie. I think it's a movie that does, really great just on a computer screen or on, mm-hmm. on a home screen. Yeah. It's not more accessible. Exactly. And it's, it's also just like a little bit intimate of a comedy and it's sort of a, maybe a little bit weird experience. I, I don't, I don't really know, but I yeah. think that like weirdly, I think like viewing it in, in solitude might be a cool thing. And that's mm-hmm. been the feedback that I've gotten from people who have watched it, you know, mm-hmm. at home Tribeca or mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, so I'm actually I'm like excited for the on-demand thing. And so what accessible. Is, yeah. What does success look like for you then? Is that what success looks like? Is- yeah. I just want so many people to see it. Mm-hmm. And then people write about it in a way that's like, this is doing something interesting for this subject. Mm. That to me is what success looks like. Mm-hmm. And then also just like, yeah, then making other stuff. You know, yeah, are there any other projects on your plate now, or are you like, no, blinders on? <laughs> on to the next already? <laughs> the year Oof, between only. <laughs> also, <laughs> I feel that I have to acknowledge that I'm wearing my own merch. And yes. same girly. <laughs> it's embarrassing. <Yes. laughs> Wait, really? Yeah. I love that. This was just outside. I got oh. nosebleed earlier on my white sweater. So <laughs> this is we're going to keep trying, black. girly. Okay. But you're, I think when you do it, it's charming. And when I do it, it's kind of like, what? But um, <laughs> I like this, it. It's cute. Thank you. We we gave these to our, our crew as a wrap gift. So, oh, wow. um, so fun. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, but um, I do have like a bunch of other irons in the fire. I think... Everything takes so long. You never know yeah, what's going to hit. Everything yeah. takes yeah. so long. You don't know like who's going to like what or what's going to be relevant. And I do think that maybe the release of this movie will be telling for what the next thing of mine is going to be. Oh, yeah. I would love to make more movies. I would love to make a TV show. I think I'm a very like story driven person. I'm not someone who set out as like, I want to be a director and that is my dream and mm-hmm. I must direct film. It's more so like there's certain things that I really want to say and and talk about and, and really fun landscapes. And not all of them are as serious or as delicate as bipolar disorder. Some are maybe more so, some are a lot are less so. But 
I'm a very like inspired by my hometown and my, and the Midwest mm-hmm. and my roots mm-hmm. and, and things I've lived that I'm just really, I'm really inspired by that. And I have a lot of stories that I want to draw from in that sense. Mm. I'll be horrified whenever they come <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll be horrified for sure. The Midwestern. It's so crazy that we, we have so, we have some crazy times. Yeah. yeah. Like, can we just say of, that? I want, a little bit, I want to know a little bit more about Becky from back in the day. Okay. Let's you have get any good we were totally stories? normal. Let's get we into it. We were normal, cool kids. No, we weren't normal. Cool we were kids. popular. I we like, were. I hip. wish, you know, I wish we were like off the air right now because there are some things <laughs> that oh, we, we need my to God, unpack. Becky always paints herself as this perfect little I was angel. An angel. No, no, she we was. were angels. Yeah, we were angels. We were cute. We were actually like very good kids. We like, were good kids. Compared to what some kids were getting up to, we were like, <laughs> to everyone no, we else, were, we were being good. like dingle dongle. Here's the thing. We were really good kids, but then in the realm of really good kids, we were bad kids. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yes. So yes. it's just, yes. I mean, Becky was like one of my first friends in high school. I was a freshman and she was a senior and her and her friend Natalie and Christine, like, I don't know, I don't know why I'm naming everybody, but I'm just <laughs> having a flashback, and it's kind of awesome. <laughs> to the freshman show. Uh, <laughs> freshman show. Yeah, like, directed, and this friend Kat, who I've referenced, who's, like, a uh, part of our my screenplay and stuff, I think um, they this group of seniors kind of took us freshmen, like, under their wing, mm-hmm. and we felt very cool to have, like, these older friends, and, um, you know... Becky was always a facilitator of, I feel like you were always bringing people together. Like, I think, I you know, like I rem- parties. memories at, <laughs> at, at your house. Still do. Yeah. 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 We had a lot yeah. of sleepovers. I sent Alex a terrifying picture of us all like on my parents' couch. Yeah, oh it was a God. big couch. Yeah. I don't know why my parents couch. let us have so many sleepovers. I think we just like terrorized them. You also had like hella rabbits. <laughs> 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 you did love my fat rabbit. OB. R.I.P. OB. There was Cinnamony and there was mm-hmm. OB, a.k.a. Other Bunny. <laughs> oh um, my God. Other bunny. Other bunny, because we couldn't think of a name for it. It's really it. dark. Um, <laughs> I was partial. Yeah. yeah. But you also had an iconic pet, though, in Chauncey. Chauncey. There's a dog in the year between yeah. named Chauncey as a namesake oh. to uh, my dog. Aww, and he was a little chonker. He was a chonker. Legally, he was a chonker. Um, <laughs> and rest in peace to that oh. guy. Yeah. Um, he's partying with Obi. Obi and Cinnamon. Him and Obi are there. <laughs> they are. They're getting litty. Um, no, they're not. Um, yeah, but it's uh, it's just surreal because we we connected reconnected like when I moved out here yeah I feel like we were like very very close in high school and then those college yeah like I even feel like watching this movie I'm gonna learn more about your life in between those years because we like kind of kept in touch kind of it's kind of like you drift away when you go to different schools and then I think Mm -hmm. the adult years are telling of I think especially like your late 20s people start to kind of come back to you if it was meant to be yeah Yeah. you know what I mean yeah yeah. Um, but I mean, I remember when Becky first started dating Keith and was talking about like her boyfriend Ooh. who was in a traveling improv group and he said Octo. cool. No. Oh, Octavarius. No, it was really cool because I yeah. was like an aspiring improv comedian. And yeah, and I, I did stand up. I remember yeah, going to your stand up exactly. show that one time and was like... At the Laugh Factory? Dead. Oh I was my God. deceased. Yeah, that, exactly. And so, I I mean, I always thought it was really cool because <clears throat> I didn't know of anyone else who was like a working comedian. Mm-hmm. Other yeah, than, that's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so that was that was really cool. And I yeah, I just remember that. And then I remember when you moved out here and you guys got married and here you are. And then you got married. I got married. Alex actually has a really cool, like totally separate from the movie and like, our high school years. She has a very interesting story with her husband. If you want to share sure. kind of how you guys met and then leading up oh. to your marriage. Yeah. I mean, if you guys want to know, but like, I don't know. It's pretty weird. cool. Don't force it on them. I want to know. I feel, we I feel got like time. Becky's where are we at? Hyping it up. We, we got need, time. Like we it's cool. All right. the story now. Well, the thing is that, um, right after I came back to school, uh, you know, I, I had always really wanted to study abroad. That's like all I wanted out of college. And, I couldn't go because I had like extreme health constraints. And then I found out I could do a research grant for a month and go away and 
that's the opportunity I could do through my school. And I applied, I had this whole, whatever I had a project and I went to Norway because, mm. uh, that was my starting point because my aunt had a colleague there and like she was my sponsor and it all came together. And then I went out there and I had no friends and I was like, this is not, I'm imagining all my friends like partying together in Prague or something. And <laughs> I'm here alone, like living with a host family and it's in the, in a suburb of Norway, of Oslo. And it's was so like, <clears throat> Cold. not cold <laughs> even in the summer you know and, and it but it was just like it was truly like lonely and you know nerve-wracking but then uh, a friend of mine was just like why don't you get on like a dating app or something and this was before mm. tinder i think even existed mm. i knew not a single person yeah. it's kind of like my experience with mental illness like you know, my experience with dating apps is like, <laughs> I never, uh, the only thing I'm like, okay, I've heard of eHarmony and I think it has a stigma, but, um, <laughs> so, you know, I think, I think it's like people think only predators like go on that, uh, which is not fair, but uh, yeah. So that's a respect on eHarmony's respect on match.com, <laughs> you know, but I went on OkCupid and then I like connected with a local man <laughs> And we had this like Norwegian, yeah, wow. Norwegian guy toured a fair over a month. Never thought I would see him again. Torrid, wow, torrid like the store, and, <laughs> and like we just organically kept in touch. We never were like let's be in a long distance relationship. We yeah. just kind Ooh. of stayed like friends who talked on Facebook Messenger. Mm -hmm. We fast forward to when I was trying to get him a green card, I had to i saved our entire uh because you have to submit all this evidence to the government we had like two hundred thousand messages oh on facebook so crazy um but it's a government also ew government that, you little that, perverts uh, donald <laughs> trump donald trump read our conversation no i have no idea um but like yeah and then but then we just visited each other kind of organically and then it kind of came to a point where it had been a few years and really just like when you're in a national inter, international long distance relationship, you get married and live in the same place yeah. or you don't. And <laughs> we, it's not like we didn't want to get married or we wouldn't have, but that definitely was a factor of wh why we did it when we did it. Mm -hmm. So we got married in a courthouse in Joliet. No one knows that. Whoa, um, that's where I got my marriage certificate signed. Because we got Joliet. married in Joliet. Yo, <laughs> or near Joliet. Joliet is cursed as hell. But yeah. shout out. Put respect on its name. <laughs> shout out to... Um, was it Andy Dick? Penitentiary? I think oh. there. Oh, really? <laughs> shout, shout out to the closed jail. <laughs> yeah, there's a jail it's famous for. Um, but then I had a wedding. I had a, I had a wedding in Norway a year later. But uh, yeah, mm. green card process was a nightmare. It took two years. And now we live together in Los Feliz nearby where Becky used to live wow. and it was a journey. Yeah. Crazy. So do you speak Norwegian now? So I'm on Duolingo. Give us some stuff. I don't know if you guys are on it, but like, what the fuck is up with the owl? He's so rude. <laughs> He's there to teach you. He's there yeah. to beat it into your head. It's like, be wise, you it's know? like, I get these emails sometimes that are like, you made duo sad. And I'm like, <laughs> Jesus hey, Christ! You know emotional I mean? manipulation. It's yeah. seriously. It's such a crazy strategy to try <laughs> to get people to learn a language to like make them feel like shit or like they're or they're avoiding their friend or something who's this owl like this Person green animated owl. Exactly. It's like it's just fucked, and I'm just like I I'm just over it. Except yeah, I'm still on it, and I'm yeah. learning a language that people only speak in Norway. And a country of five million people, and I'll never. Although I do hope to shoot a movie there, so that's um, one of my potential projects that I'm maybe. I mean, I love Scandi crime dramas. Oh yeah, so that would be amazing. Wait, really? Wait, he really yes. does watch a I lot watch, like, of a Scandinavian lot of them. shows. So specific, <laughs> yeah. it is. Well, because they're always like very dark, and everything's like very grayscale. <clears throat> And it's like some horrific crime had happened. And then there's like usually a lady detective, sometimes a man detective and they're like trying to get to the bottom of it. But then they have a lot of personal issues too that like feed into it. And then like their kids get kidnapped. You know, it's always like very ext like extreme and dark. Wait, so like, what's like, but a, it also what's is like example? very, but it's also like very, um, <laughs> but it's also like very like, it's not like, you know how a lot of American TV shows is like just so much noise and like, like arguments and stuff like that. It's not, it's still very calming. So it's like a yeah. weird mix where it's very calm, but so many disturbing things are happening. I mean, yeah. I kind of can imagine it. Cause I think a lot of Scandinavian film is, 
is very restrained. That's why I like a lot of like Swedish, Danish, Norwegian yeah. comedies because yeah. they're very like re restrained and minimal. And I find that funnier than being super broad. So I mm. can sort of imagine what you're picturing. And as a side note, my, my husband Casper had a podcast um, that was really successful in Norway. That was a Ooh. true crime podcast. Um, oh my gosh, no way. Yeah. For like, it's on, it's like fifth season now. Um, so cool. It's not doing it anymore, but yeah, it's uh uh, it's of in Norwegian, so I've never listened to it. <laughs> hey, so once you're done with Duolingo, you yeah. can binge. <laughs> so is it mostly crimes that like happen in Norway then? So actually like they kind of look at crimes that have happened in America okay. and through this lens of oh. being in another country and being Scandinavian. Because even though Norway is a Western country, mm -hmm. I've spent a lot of time there. It's, uh, and yes, people speak English, but Speaking English and having it be your default language is is a world of difference. Mm -hmm. It's like no one mm -hmm. no one ever speaks to me. No one ever speaks English unless they're speaking to me. Mm -hmm. And you take that for granted. Like mm -hmm. overhearing people and joining conversations is part of uh, like social life. The, yeah, exactly. Connecting. Anyway, their culture is really different, even though it's similar in a lot of ways. And mm -hmm. so um, I think they have a lot of they along with a lot of the world have fascination with America in like a grotesque Yo, way, <laughs> you know, exactly. <laughs> look at these like murderers. Crazy. They got. <laughs> yeah. Like these barbarians. Yeah. So, uh, you know, um, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's kind of that. But, um, I want to, I want to check out your, your refs. Yeah. What are you yeah. watching right now, list. Matt? I'll just send you a list. Well, lately I've been in more into some English, like more twee stuff. Yeah. I need to get back into my scanty, but I'll send you a list. You watch scum. By no. any chance, it's not crime, but it's like, did you ever see uh, Skins? Yes. yes. British Scum mm -hmm. is like the Norwegian yeah. version. Oh my oh. God. I have seen clips of this on yeah. TikTok and I yeah. tried to find it on Netflix because I was like, this yeah. looks like my fucking It's really show. good. It's good. If you, if you, it's like a Degrassi, but it's, uh, yeah, it's okay, like a okay. little more elevated, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> not too much more, uh, yes. you know, no shade. Let's not put shade on its name. Yeah. Yes. Um, okay. Yeah. So we've got a little over 10 minutes left and I want to come yeah. back and can we do some, um, quick hits? I've got some questions that yeah. I'm so, okay. So I'm going to ask some questions and then in like 30 seconds or less. Yeah. Okay. First of Fire all, <laughs> oh my I gosh. think it's an amazing movie. I really, it's a wow, really rainy. funny. Yeah, it has my stamp of approval and I don't even give that out lightly. Oh my gosh. No, it's really beautiful and I think it's hilarious. So I feel like you're not hyping it up enough and I do want the audience to know that it is wicked. Very, wicked. Very, very sharp. Wow, thank you so much for saying that. And that's like the best thing that I could hope for because it's it's a tricky place to hype your own thing. You yeah, know? especially if you're a woman. I, you know, yeah, whatever. We don't have to get into true. that. We'll do it for you. No, though. it's so true. <laughs> yeah. It's so true. Yeah. And 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 when you're like the face of it too, it's like, mm. yeah, you know. Yeah. But um, And you are an amazing actress and the reviews, the critics agree. Because wow. I, I looked it up on IMDb. I looked up the reviews. <laughs> And they're like, that I don't acting. read them because I'm scared. Yeah, I mean, I, I would never listen. The YouTube comments are like a nasty place. Yeah, yeah I, I get look. it. But we don't look. Yeah. Don't go on Reddit. Yeah. <laughs> Stay away. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, okay. So quick hits. How um, how long did it take you to edit? How many hours? Uh, we did it over the span of two months and we worked on it full time. So oh. 40 hours a week, two months. Wow. Who edited your script? How many people did you trust to edit? A lot of people read that script over the years yeah. and I um, had a few people who were more influential than others. But what I found is even notes from someone who is so different from you, has different tastes, isn't even in the film industry. Those can be some of the most valuable notes because those are the people watching your movie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you don't only want like film or like cinephiles reading your thing. Yeah. yeah. You want like people you're trying to reach to read your thing. Yeah. Was there any one note that like you couldn't shake? Like it was like a, a bunch of people gave it and you're like, I'm trying to get it. I'm trying to fix it. Oh, there, there were a few notes. There were, there were a few notes that I couldn't shake, but one of them that happened earlier on in the process was like, you, oh, it made me so mad at the time because someone was like, you are not depicting bipolar disorder in an accurate way, mm. blah, blah, blah. And I, oh but, gosh. but, I, and I was so mad cause I'm like, what are you, <clears throat> what are you saying? Like, yes, I am. I lived it. This is my experience. Yeah. But weirdly that comment like sat with me because it did make me realize something, even though it was kind of ignorant and frustrating I was avoiding certain parts of living with the illness because they were too uncomfortable for me to tap into. And those mm. are some of the more common 
effects mm. and symptoms. Mm. And so even a comment like that, that felt ignorant and made me angry, helped me unlock something in myself. And the other thing is I got a comment days before shooting from our, uh, one of our EPs, Aj, who, who's amazing. Um, that was basically like, it seems like you're basically, you're not being very kind to this character. Mm. And it made me realize that I, uh, had such a wall between that version of myself and who I am now that I was basically doing nothing but showing the character in a completely unfavorable way and punishing her heavily and not having much sympathy for her as like a creator looking down mm. on a character. And so I had a lot of rewrites at the last minute that added a little more. Um, basically I added something that Clemens has this like creative interest that I have always had. Uh -huh. uh, she didn't have that before that comment because I felt that she didn't deserve an interest. Mm. And then I decided to like give her one. Yeah. yeah. Um, what, um, was there anything that, that like any mishaps on set? Did oh, people yeah. show up late? Oh yeah. There were mishaps. <laughs> I mean, with an indie movie, it's like, uh, it's like a minefield. There's just always something there's, there's, you know, one day there was a, we, accidentally created a leak in the house we were shooting in and then it was there was water coming from the ceiling or oh obviously accommodating people like uh who are very legit actors and working actors um you know that always creates more you want to do everything right by them and do everything perfect and one thing I did want to say it's separate but I never really answered what was it like to work with Jay and Steve and I just want to say mm -hmm. that they were fantastic to work with Steve Buscemi was yeah, I mean they're Steve Buscemi, J. Smith Cameron, amazing to work with, so down to earth, so chill. And like by the time I was acting as their daughter, I felt so comfortable with them. And it was very doable to uh, be on set with them and direct them and look at them as equals and coworkers and not mm -hmm. just like be starstruck. <laughs> I went into it that way, but they mm -hmm. made it so that I could not be that way anymore. Mm. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, last question. What do you think you learned about like that time in your life? from making the movie in retrospect? Um, I have a lot of complicated feelings towards the ages of 16 to 24 and we're all learning and trying to do the best we can. I have a lot of gratitude for everyone who supported me through that time, who stuck around, who helped me, who saw the worth in trying to do so. And I, it's been a really long journey trying to um, come to terms with every version of myself that I've ever been equals the self that I currently am, because it's very tempting to want to distance yourself from things that hurt you and where you've hurt others, which is like even worse. So uh, I have an amazing family who I'm very close with every single one of them. And I really believe in, in the ability to mend relationships too. And I think uh, it takes a lot of work and being, and, and living with a mental illness sometimes gives you tunnel vision where you're, you can't understand what you're doing, how it affects other people. But I found that I, I've found some awareness and I, I can, I have improved like my life and my relationships and I want to show that in this movie. And definitely I wish I could just, I, it's cheesy, but I do wish I could tell my younger self, like, uh, you know, hang in there and you're, you're doing the best you can and like, it's okay. And I do mm. want to like forgive that person and give them some, um, give them a break and give them a hug. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That is beautiful. <laughs> that is beautiful. Yes. Um, Alex, where can people watch the year between mm -hmm. right now? Where where can they click this moment? This very moment. You can see the year between on demand, which means uh, Amazon, Google Play, Apple TV, and other standard ways you can Ooh. rent a movie. I think that might also just be your typical on-demand section of your uh, provider. Mm -hmm. Make sure you stream the year between if you are oh. in a city. One thing I wanted to say is <laughs> Peacock is also a part of our oh. uh, distribution and they are, are part of our sale. And the movie will be on Peacock 
as of May for a long, long time. Ooh. Um, oh, amazing. For Mental Health Awareness Month, which is May. Awesome. Yeah. Love. That's very cool. We love Peacock. It's on demand now, and then it will go there and, yeah, stream the shit out of it. Yeah. Love it. Watch it. Comment. Let us know what you think about it. If it's in playing in theaters near you, check your check your local art houses mm-hmm. uh, yes. and check it out IRL or stream it on any of those yes. providers. And where can they find you online, Alex? Yeah, your meme account, your regular account. <laughs> yeah. give, it, yeah. give it to us all. So I have an Instagram called The Mentally Trillist where I post um, like mental health, mental illness memes and, you know, bullshit. And uh, it's fun. <laughs> Um, I post about this movie too, but you can find me there and uh, you can find some weird content if you're into that. If you're into the movie, you might be into the content there. <laughs> but um, I don't have my name on it because I'm also like, it's kind of my alter ego. Anyway. Uh, you're, du- you're, the, you're Dumois. You're the Dumois <laughs> of mental health. I'm the Dumois of mental health. stay anonymous. I've also called this movie the avatar of mental illness. <laughs> there we go. No one else has seconded that, but I'm trying to start it. I think it. it's going to catch on. I think it'll catch on. Uh, Becky's going to write that. I'm going to do Becky's. it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. cool. Already drafting my tweet. <laughs> well, Alex, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you guys a for having me. To have you. Thank you for having me. This was super fun, and sorry if I was awkward, but uh, I had a lot of fun, and I'm excited for all of you to see the movie. Yes, we're, we're so excited. excited. I'm seeing it Thursday. Kelsey Dar and I have a date planned already. Cute <laughs> to vibe. And cry and laugh. <laughs> Please vibe. And probably be disturbed by whoever the love interest is. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. Well, guys, make sure you're washing your hands, wearing your mask when you need to, getting vaccinated for all the shit. Be nice to people. Tip your servers. And go see the year between. Go see it. Go see it. Go see it. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.